I thought you're not close enough. Sorry, young boy. I'm gonna have to knock this down. Uh, I feel good, man. Just, uh, I've been in my bag all year. Reverses it, and the pass goes into the end zone. The Nick Foles. And it's a touchdown by Nick Foles. The other board for the final time, number 24 on the floor, time world champion, Kobe Bryant. He's Kenny. I'm Alex. This is the In My Bag podcast. Welcome back after a long break once again. The uh, consistently inconsistent podcast strikes again. Uh, What's going on, Kenny? Yo, what up? We know y'all missed us. We back. Finally. Yep. Again. Back again. Now this this break was actually I will take a hundred percent fault at this break because I thought my computer was broken and it wasn't. It was literally just a button click that I don't know how it got clicked, but I couldn't hear or send audio through my laptop. And then once that button was clicked, everything was fine. And now we back. Like we yep. never left. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we're going to try to make it a quick pod to come back. Um, even though I have so many things I want to complain about. Uh, we're just going to keep it at NFL, NBA. We're going to start with the NFL. Um, we're about ha- we're halfway through the NFL season, through the COVID season. Just passed halfway point, nine games on the board for most of the people. Yeah. And it's actually going pretty much how I thought it would. Honestly, Kenny, I thought this was going to be just a dumpster fire of a season for the majority of the teams. And there's going to be teams that are just thriving like the Steelers, which I hate because I hate the Steelers. (laughs) Um, But uh, what what are your thoughts on the first half of the season? Um, I don't think they're – Discounting the NFC East where the whole division is a dumpster fire. There aren't that many new dumpster fires in the NFL. There's a lot more parity this year than um, we're used to seeing a lot of times. You know, it's often one to two really solid crowd favorites and then a couple of uh, ringers that come in behind them. But this year with the way that everybody has played and even with everybody being really, really on the Steelers bandwagon and them actually being undefeated, they still don't seem like the type of team that you would just designate as unbeatable. You know, it seems like they have designated themselves as the best team and have been fortunate enough to win all their games, but you can't say that they look unbeatable when they looked how they looked against the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. Fair point. Um, off the top of your head, do not look at the um, standings. How many six and three teams are there? Don't look at the standings. I'm not. I'm thinking. There are six, six, and three teams. You're wrong. How many are there? There are ten, six, and three teams. Who? Titans, Colts, Browns, Ravens. Oh yeah, I forgot the whole NFC West is six and three. Yeah, except San Francisco. Titans, Colts, Browns, Ravens, um, Raiders, Dolphins, 
NFC South, or <laughs> NFC West. I mean, uh, and the uh, no, that's nine. Okay, so there's nine. All right, see, that's I, a lot. I was on the money except the fact that I forgot about the NFC West. <laughs> you forgot a whole division, but yeah, like that's a lot of six and three teams. But I mean, that's not bad. That just means that most of the NFL is on even footing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Especially when you take into consideration, you know, the level of how, like, it's almost the opposite for basketball, how basketball was, right? Because, like, even if you're in COVID, you know, if you have the means to sneak your way into a private gym, which is a professional basketball player at the highest level, you should have some degree of ability to. You can still work on your game. You can get shots up. You can do drills and work on stuff. It's so much more limited as a football player when you can't, simulate even close to a degree some of the same stuff that you work on during the offseason then when they did get together to have some semblance of an offseason it was mostly zoom meetings and you know email and playbooks and going over schemes but not actually practice and then you get here and your whole league not whole league most of the league is fairly incompetent so you're still you know catching cases just about <laughs> every week uh borderline canceling games, postponing games, rescheduling games. It's tough, you know? And yeah. It's not I, as easy to be great. Yeah, I knew I knew coming in because of where the NFL teams are located, like as far as their municipalities and their counties and their states, I knew this this season was not going to look good. Um, because there's a lot of teams and a lot of places where a lot of people aren't listening to scientists. And um, so I took that as my key is like, oh, football is just not going to be good. I didn't play fantasy this year, thankfully. I haven't done – I haven't really done a bunch of betting um, on NFL games. I do have a parlay tonight that that's pretty interesting. Um, actually, I'll tell you about it right now. Let me show you. It is – I can't for the Monday night. I'm gonna tell you what it is. You said let me show you. Let me tell you. I'm sorry. I used the wrong word. Apology accepted. All right. So the parlay is sorry. FanDuel makes me log in every single time. Okay. So my parlay is so Nick Foles under 260 and a half passing yards. Dalvin Cook over 91 and a half rushing yards. A tie at the first half and over 11.5 points in the fourth quarter. I think the tie at the first half is what's going to mess up your parlay, if anything. Yeah. Yeah, but I had to throw that in just to to boost the odds. Because it's uh plus ten 
it's plus 10,144. So I put $10 on it so I can win $1,000 on this, basically. I'll say not bad. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, I wouldn't call the season bad, though. Like, before Dak went down, he was having an absolute career year passing the ball. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have looked good. Uh, the Raiders have shown improvement. Uh, the Bills are showing consistency with the performance that they had last year. Uh, Pittsburgh has completely turned its season around. Um, Cleveland is know. improving. They're actually six and three so far this year, and kind of pushing Baltimore for that. Uh, pushing with Baltimore and whoever doesn't win in the AFC. South and West for that last spot. Miami looks good now that they've thrown Tua in. They're six and three. Like this is about as tight of a playoff run at this point in the season as we've seen in a long time. Yeah, I don't. The Steelers are weird, man. Um, everything about them, I just don't believe in. And it, and that's not just hate. Sounds. A it's really. Like it. It's just weird. I don't know, man. I just don't believe in them. I'm going to go on record right now and say they're not going to be successful in the playoffs, and I don't know why. But I'm going to I'm going to put that on the I'm going to put that on wax. Steelers are not getting past the second round. Well, they're going to get a first round bye, so they're not getting past the com- They're not going to win the conference. All right, producers, I need a uh, sample right here for this uh, hater alert because he couldn't even put bias. Like, he couldn't even pull bias off that one. No reasoning, no, well, they look like he just. They don't, it doesn't make any sense. Like, they don't, Big Ben is not elite anymore. Juju is a, a decent receiver, but he's not, you know, he's not top tier. E- I don't think he's a top tier receiver either. Their running game is like, you know, just running. Run, Connor's cool, but they 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 don't have like a a bell cow back. Their defense is so, has always been solid. I'll give them that. And the and their defense isn't even the best part of their team this year. So I just don't. I don't have anything. You like you can't like unless you want to try to convince me to believe in the Steelers. There's nothing my eyes or on paper I see that makes them. A Super Bowl contender. Uh, besides, besides their record, a well-coached veteran team with championship-level leadership at the quarterback and coaching position. Uh, emergence of a young, explosive wide receiver in Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's shown his ability to be both the one two and even sometimes three wide receiver because all he really cares about is having fun and winning. Unity as a team, not wanting to look nearly as bad as last year. They got a lot going for them to make some a very scary team in the playoffs. They got experience at almost every level. I'm going to say levels they don't have that much experience. They have high levels of youth and ability. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they got some stuff to worry about on their own over there because I think there are some teams that have definitely shown that they can 
and do have what it takes to beat them. And it's just that the Pittsburgh Steelers are showing that even on their worst night, they can still win. And that's hard to beat. I hear you, but I'm not uh I'm not convinced. All right. Your MVP through halfway through the season. Oh, that's not that tough. I'm not gonna lie. It's Patrick Mahomes. You think so? I think I'm gonna go with Kyler Murray. I think if Kyler had taken well, you know, now nah, I still got. I'm sorry, I still got to go with Pat. Now, yeah, that's fine. If Russell had a kept his momentum through that last uh, quarter of the first half, he would have had my vote. But they just dropped what, like three in a row, and uh, it's yes. not looking good. Right they're now. they're on a two game losing streak right now. Two in a row, yeah, two in a row. Not looking good on the ones they've dropped. He looks like, you know, he's overcooked at this point. A <laughs> good one. They left us. They left <laughs> us in the oven too long. Time to pull them out. <laughs> That's a really good one. Did you get? Did you make that up yourself? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's really. I'm good. here all week. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh. Yeah, that's good. I think we should leave it on that. Russ is overcooked. That's also the name of our episode. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's take a break and then we'll talk uh, NBA. All right. And we're back. All right. So, Kenny, the NBA had an 18 month season, which wrapped up with our Los Angeles Lakers being the NBA champions. So, we are, what, a week away from the draft? No, I am more than certain the draft is this Wednesday, is it not? Or is that next Wednesday? But I, I thought it was 22nd. There, there's a uh, part of me that feels like it's this Wednesday, unless something got moved. Uh, Hold on. We have the Google. We do. They can tell us. NBA draft this Wednesday, November the 18th. Wow. Okay. So we're two days away. Yeah. Um, I thought I wasn't too early suggesting it for the episode, you know, but I lose it sometimes. I won't lie. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care about the draft because we don't have it because the Lakers don't have any picks. So, but I mean, you know, that still has all types. So it's like the draft is almost like, especially with how condensed the NBA offseason is going to be this year. I'm sorry, NBA off month is going to be this year. Um, it's like, you know, the inauguration of the NBA offseason. It's the beginning of the change. Of course, all the trade rumors, which we'll discuss later, are like the air changing, the wind getting a little crisper as it goes from summer to fall and cooling down a little bit. But the NBA draft, that's when the leaves actually change colors, literally. Okay. Beautiful metaphor, Kenny. Also, I was mistaken. The Lakers do have a first round pick. It's just it's just late in the draft. Uh not if this trade goes through, they don't. Uh yeah, obviously. But again, we'll be back with that later. All right. So um I don't even know how to talk about the the draft right now. 
If you're Minnesota, who do you think they should take with the number one pick? Oh, I think their best bet with that number one pick is probably one of two guys and only one of which has actually been talked about as an option for the number one pick. I think their first option should be to go with Anthony Edwards. I agree. Um, I think he has a better set of physical tools and has shown a better proclivity to be a better and more aggressive defender than LaMelo Ball has. I don't like, yeah, you out there killing them out in Australia and New Zealand and all that. And I don't know. I still don't a hundred percent trust it yet. I think you've got all the potential, but I just don't know if the competition he was putting it together against was really getting him ready for this level. Cause here's the, th- here's the thing. I think Anthony Edwards pairs better with D'Lo than LaMelo does that as well. But I also feel like D'Lo is just as comfortable going into full score mode and letting LaMelo ball just be like the big all around playmaker. Yeah. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm wary about LaMelo, but I, right. Um, same thing. I'm wary about LaMelo and number one. Yeah. All right. If you're golden state, what do you do with your number two pick? Wiseman. Unless somebody has a offer for a, Actually, no. I can't think of a. I can't think of a legitimate offer that they need to take. That would be of greater value to them than drafting and developing a versatile, legit big man. Yeah, there was. I saw a rumor about floating the number two pick to Orlando for Aaron Gordon. I, I could think about living with that. But in the playoffs, Anthony Gordon can't guard Anthony Davis. You mean Aaron Gordon? I mean, yeah, Aaron Gordon can't guard Anthony Davis. That's true. Very good fact. Now, I do like them trying to go get Kevin Love as well. I, I think I hate it, Bruh, Like he's perfect hate for Golden State. It. I don't, hate I don't get it. it. You know what Kevin Love I don't is? Get it. Kevin Love is. Um, David Lee 2.0. And remember how they shipped him out so they could get good enough to win a championship? No. Kevin Love is David Lee 5.0. Not 5.0. Yes, he is. He can rebound. He can pass. He can shoot. David He's Lee everything. can do all those, just slightly less. Not as well as, not even slightly. Kevin Love, do you remember what Kevin Love's like uh, career high in three-point percentage is? I want to say 30, no, no, for a season? Yeah. I want to say he was hitting 39 around in Minnesota, beginning of Cleveland, but I'm pretty sure that was in Minnesota, like towards the end. Yes, you're exactly correct. And do you realize how, do you realize how good of a rebounder he is? He is an elite rebounder. That's fine. Still don't care. Man, I think... Can he defend? Yes. 
at a at a league average, yes. I hope you can hear me looking at you right now. I can hear it. I'm sorry. Did Kevin Love all of a sudden over the last like three years, nobody's been watching him in Cleveland. I'm sorry. Last. Yeah. Three years. Nobody's been watching him in Cleveland. Uh, get more athletic or get better in any way whatsoever or start getting younger. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Where is the, why is there so much Kevin Love hate There's coming out of Kevin your mouth? Kevin Love hate, but when you have a seven foot tall, versatile athlete that you can develop in an organization that has shown it has an immense proclivity for player development, why would you want a old, aging, injury prone unathletic big that is on the back end of his career for the second pick in the NBA draft all of those things make sense those words that came out of your mouth are valid I just like the idea of Kevin Love in in uh, Golden State now, I didn't say I didn't like him more than Wiseman. I just like the idea of Kevin Love playing with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. And did you say that just now? No. But the last time we had this conversation, so fans can't just think I'm just, you know, kicking Kevin Love and the stuff, he was ready for them to make a trade for that number two pick for Kevin Love, which is why I have so much nah energy on that. If this was just like sign Kevin Love or trade some other pieces for Kevin Love, Cool, that works. Kevin Love would make a great four or five in Golden State as long as they don't have to get rid of that number two pick for him. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool. Any other interesting lottery things you want to talk about? Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw out the question right now that I feel like not a lot of people are talking about because who's going number one and the lack of um, lack of clear-cut answers for who's going to go where in this draft have really thrown a lot of people just all over the place so far. But I, will, I really wonder, one, who's going to take the um, big-name – big highlight playmaker Obi Toppin out of that lottery and if he's actually going to be able to continue to do that in the NBA because I hate to see guys that take players that got to do things and be great players because they had other great players around them a lot of times or were in a system that allowed them to be that great player and then expect them to do that in the NBA but not be willing to do the things necessary to make them be that type of player that succeeds. Like I feel yeah. like somebody's okay. going to pick Obi Toppin and be like, yeah, we want you to be our number one guy. Like, no, don't you do that. <laughs> he, right. That's not him. <laughs> he is a great off-the-ball player. He's a fantastic cutter. He can knock down a shot if you give it to him and he's got the good space and, and he's in rhythm but he does not need to be your the guy. He needs to be one of the guys, but not the guy. Maybe the second guy some years down the line, probably the third guy right now, but like, I don't need somebody to take Obi Toppin and be like, be our number one right now. I'm No. For being honest, he's 
Blake Griffin-esque in where he's at right now. Uh-huh. I agree. Now, I agree with that. I'm interested to see what the Trailblazers... I think the Trailblazers are going to do something to jump into the lottery. Because they need help. Either they need to ship out McCollum and and rework it, or they need they need they just need help. I like where the Portland Trailblazers are right now, though. They're exactly where they were three years ago. No, no, no. That's not fair because they had a lot of injury at towards mid and near the end of the season that messed up their standing. And I think the way they went on that run, the way they did in the bubble shows where they really stand with regards to who they are. You know, you got a... So, an eighth seed. No. They played better than an eighth seed in the bubble. But they were the eighth seed. Because of injury. You lose two... You lose both of your big men. Um, You're a star player for an extended period. You're second best player for an extended period. Not to mention backup bigs once you actually get into the bubble and get shit going like... As much as I love my Grizzlies, if the Portland Trailblazers had had an emblance of health the second half of the season, they probably wouldn't have even been in the running for that eight seed. Okay. I mean, I think they need more help. So okay. I'm interested I think I'm interested to see what they do. And I'm interested to see what the Trailblazers do with their multiple picks in the first round. Um the Thunder or could possibly make noise immediately if they trade Chris Paul, which let's talk about that real quick. How much do you love Chris Paul going to the Suns? A lot, a whole bunch, or this needs to happen right now? I think this could be a very interesting turning point for them. But... And this is the big but, you know, everybody likes to bring Chris Paul onto the team because he's a great player, he's a great leader, he's a fantastic, you know, extension of the coach on the court because he's going to learn the playbook, he knows all the terminology, he's about as high of an IQ guy as we got on the, uh, in the NBA right now, and that's all well and fine. But nobody gets Chris Paul and then wins championships. Think about it. They brought him out to the Clippers because they thought, you know, him and Blake and um, DeAndre Jordan could form a ridiculous fast-paced trio where in the half court you can hit them with some pick and rolls and in the full court you can just let their horses run and – they looked really good during the regular season and then they got to the postseason and they were just okay. And uh, that didn't work out too great. Then you let that roll for a few years, flip it around over at OKC, you know, bring in Chris Paul, combine him with these, you know, really solid young players we got. You, make, you skipped over Houston. Skipped over Houston, right. Let's put him with James Harden. You know what I mean? James Harden, Chris Paul, two of the best ball handlers in the league right now we got um oh my gosh why can't i think of their center's name right now 
Or the one that Capella. Yeah, we got Chris Paul, James Harden, Clint Capella. We got a tough guy, PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon. We'll shoot the three. We can do this. Didn't work out. Got sent to OKC. Where again, you know, they did good. He rallied the troops during the regular season and then got to the offseason and didn't win. I think you are simplifying it a little bit too much. I I don't think it's ever Chris Paul's fault that he's not won a championship. Never said it was his fault. I, I just don't think he's a put you over the edge piece. I think for what Devin Booker, I I don't care about the Suns winning championship. I just love this for Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. That's that's why I'm most excited because now Devin Booker can perform his true role of just scoring and shooting the the leather off the basketball, and DeAndre Ayton can stay in the post for whatever post plays they want to run, which there's probably none, but he can rebound. He can defend. He can work on his offensive game and they don't have to worry about who's going to run this offense. That's true. That's very fortunate. But I mean, you knew who was running the offense before anyway. Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio. Like, look, which is not, which was not a bad that wasn't a bad pickup. At all. I like Ricky Rubio in that role. At all. I wish I wish Drogic, I wish that was Drogic, though. He had a chance. And, you know, no. he went on to do bigger, better things in Miami. He didn't really get a chance. Not truly. But okay. So more trade rumors. Um how do you feel about the DeMar DeRozan? rumor uh demar to la yes um i'm not a big fan honestly please explain i think fit wise i don't know how well that actually is going to work unless lebron is just telling somebody out in la you know i'm getting old I don't feel like driving as much. I would much rather, you know, play this thing from the outside, whip it around, knock down my threes when I want them off the uh, step back or the kick out or the walk up, you know, and just let everybody else handle everything else inside. Then it makes sense, but I don't see that being the case. Yeah, I I think that is the case. They want to they want to extend the mileage on LeBron and not have to have him pounding and driving at the at the basket, you know, 30 times a game. Um now DeMar his contract is a little hefty. Hefty. He just he just picked up his player option which doesn't help us at all. Um and we'd have to give up Kuz and Danny Green. So I'm not in love with it. And Danny Green is already basically signed off on for the Schroeder uh trade. Which I love that more. I oh would take Schroeder over Danny Green six times out of ten. But yeah, I don't like DeMar DeRozan for the fit. I think it crowds the inside too much. I think even if LeBron is getting to the point where he wants to stay more towards the perimeter, 
and doesn't have the same energy to force it on the inside. He doesn't have the ball handling necessary to make that work with a player who literally lives off of mid-range and at the basket shots. Yeah, see if we're if we were going after a guy to to take over the driving cap- the driving responsibilities, I'd much rather have Bradley Beal. Right, because at least, you know, he can hit the three, stretch it out. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about Russell Westbrook and James Harden together. I knew this wasn't going to work as soon as they made the trade. When they made the trade for Russell Westbrook, I was like, what? Okay. And it didn't work in the season. Now, both Russ and Harden want out, but it's not because of the how they feel about each other. They just want something different. So if you were the Rockets, who would you move and why? Harden because you get back more. Okay, that's fair. Where do you where would you like to see Harden? Where do I, where would I like to see Harden? Yeah. Probably Philly. Yeah, I think I think that's where I would like to see Harden at the most. Philadelphia. Like I know people are talking about him going to uh Brooklyn and potentially reuniting with KD. But I don't know, man. I don't I don't know how much that one works out. You know where I would really like to see Harden? Where's that? In in uh Milwaukee with Giannis. That'd be an interesting one. I didn't even really give that one that much thought because I don't know. I guess it's because it wasn't on one of his teams that was noted to be one that they were he was interested in. So where where would Westbrook? If you had to move Westbrook, where would you move him to? If I had to move Russell Westbrook. You would do the Clippers, right? Just get Paul George back. But does Paul George want to come back? I mean, he doesn't really have a choice. I think Russell Westbrook and Kawhi Leonard works better than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I never understood that either. Like Kawhi and Paul George do the same thing. And Russell Westbrook and Harden do the same thing. Well, I guess that no, just, that's not true. And just in different ways. I guess the idea was that because even though they do the same things, the same things that they do are so broad in general that, you know, you're essentially doing what the other one's not doing while they're doing, you know. So if one is ball handling, then you're being the off-the-ball person cutting and moving off screens if – you're defending the primary, then the other guy should be like your off the ball safety kind of watching the rest of the uh, court for cross court passes, uh, swift double teams that need to happen. But I don't know. I guess they just never really got in tune. I don't know. It it was just weird to me. Um, but I would have preferred is Paul George from L.A.? Yes. He's from he's from Inglewood, I think. I don't know. I don't know, man. 
I expected a lot more out of that duo than what we got just because, like I said, two guys who have been in positions where they have been the guy and not the guy and have performed admirably in both positions should know how to balance being the guy and not the guy. I think I put that on more. I put that more on Doc Rivers not handling his business correctly. Maybe, man. Maybe, but there was something in L.A. that just wasn't working, and that's one of those points where I can't really say it was personnel. Like, that's one of those spots where I feel like just about all the personnel fit. You know, you've got a point guard that doesn't need the ball, plays aggressive defense, and knows exactly what his role is. He plays aggressively. He doesn't play aggressive defense. Notice why I didn't say he plays lockdown defense. You know, he plays aggressive defense. <laughs> um, You got what? Uh, your six-man is an absolute in microwave. Your four-man, Montrez, we count him as a four or five. We'll go for it. Uh, four? Yeah, your, your four-man yeah. of Montrez Harrell, big-time energy, uh, great hands around the rim, plays superb defense, all the energy, all the heart, all the fight, all the dog in them. Um, you've got a big man that needs the absolute least out of anybody else in your entire starting five. Seven-footer, he's got a decent inside game, plays solid defense at the rim. And you've got an all-star, two all-star level players that are at or near the top of their position and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard that are two-way wings that can handle the ball, play off the ball, and play defense. So, like, I I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. I see much talk about the Clippers anyway. So let's talk about the Sixers really quick. If you're Doc, do you keep everything the same or do you shuffle some things around? If you're Doc and Daryl Morey. Oh, you got to shuffle. Like you, you so have what do you to do? You shuffle. Um, man, for starters... For starters, you got to get jo- – I, like, I like Josh Richardson, and this is exactly why I want him to be one of the ones to go. You got to get Josh Richardson Richardson out of there for somebody who is a more standard 3 and D. Like, somebody needs a slashing defensive wing and probably has too many shooters on their team. Like, go get you a under-the-radar guy that just can peel them, please. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they definitely need some like, shooting like Landry Shamit I love the- Landry Shamit I think he's going to develop into a really good um role-playing wing Joel Embiid should be the best big man in the league like he just should without question but he's not because <sighs> Because Joel Embiid. Um, 
I still believe that the Embiid Simmons experiment can and should work. It just needs a lot more force fed pick and roll. Yeah, you should treat you should treat Embiid and Simmons like like if you put them together, they're LeBron. What does LeBron need around him? He needs shooters. You just gotta surround them with shooters and just let them do their thing. It's like, what's that? You don't want Embiid out on the three point line because he does most he does his best damage inside. Well, don't make him go out. Yeah. Tell him to stop stepping out to the three point line for his jump shots. Start getting them Tim Duncan, um, elbow baseline, just put it on the glass. And guess what? I was literally just thinking they should run exclusively elbow pick and rolls. Joel Embiid, you go to that elbow, you set that pick. If his man does not go under, then ben, uh, Big Ben is going to put it up to you up top. You're going to catch it, and he's going to dive inside either way. You can hit him on a dive, and if you can't hit him on a dive, let him go ahead and clear the rest of the paint out so you can turn around and post up. Yeah, or, I mean, and the occasional, you catch it on the elbow, jab step, dribble step back Boom. three. Like, what's that? At the you top don't of want the to key. step back. Guess what? You give them that pump fake that they jump for anyway, and you're literally one step from the rim. You're probably not even one step from the rim. He could probably jump from the the elbow to the uh, rim, and it, at least and at least lay okay, it up. Lay up, yeah. I was gonna say he ain't Giannis now. Yeah. Like, I don't. All right. I'm glad we're on the same yes. page about that. Like I. I don't. I, that's why I hate hearing people who say, "Well, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are—they just don't work together. They shouldn't have been together in the first place." Like, what do you mean? He's a high-level six-foot-ten ball handler with LeBron-esque vision. Like, he can see and make elite-level passes, and he's six-ten. So, guess what? Even if he don't want to take the pass, how many people are switching onto that pick-and-roll that can actually guard him? Because you put the six-ten big man on him, he ain't got the footwork to pick him up or the quickness to uh, pick him up once he drops that shoulder off that drive. And if he does, guess what? You just put your small forward point guard, maybe, if you're hopeful, power forward on Joel Embiid. And that's lunch! Yeah, barbecue chicken, for sure. Not even barbecue. That's chicken nuggets. <laughs> You're on fire today. I love it. Uh, all right. So, NBA Finals prediction. What do you got? Uh, I can't yet. I don't even, like, we don't know who these teams are right now. Yeah, you got to let things settle. Yeah, that's fair. All right. So, any... Do you have any parting words um, then? Parting words. Uh, stay safe. Mm-hmm. Mask up. Um, mm-hmm. Lakers in six. Yeah. There we go. I I think I think uh I think I'll share with you on those words. Everything you said was great. So let's get out of here. We, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. Peace. And more tune for your head top, so watch how you speak on my name, you know?